1: Gentlemen, welcome to yet another edition of Behind the Mic with Billy Alexander. Tonight, as I said earlier in the week in my announcements that I put out across the platforms that you all have your ears bleeding from currently, with my very rugged, very weird sounding, but yet sexy voice coming across into your earbuds, is none other uh, than a wrestling owner. A wrestling promoter. By God damn it, he's in the the, the business. He's in the family. We're going to talk to him about who he is, where he is, what is war wrestling, and everything all around it tonight right here on Behind the Mic. But guys, did you enjoy the beautiful day outside? Great sunny day. Still a little bit of chilly on on the side of it over here in our area. Thanks to Mother Nature deciding she wanted to you know, blows some candles out or something the other day and caused nothing but arctic air to come through. Hopefully you covered up your vegetation. I had to cover some stuff in my garden so I didn't lose that. Still a little chilly here. Hopefully it goes away. Tomorrow's supposed to be a great day as well, but guess what? I've got to go to work, so I don't get to enjoy that. But we're going to talk to somebody who does enjoy going to work each and every single day. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I bring to you a man who has started to revolutionize professional wrestling in the Ohio area. Uh, he's very well known across social media. A lot of people that we all know together on the Indie circuit has either came from there, went through there, uh, or is currently there now all over the independent scene. This guy, I sure has a hell of a headache each and every single month, not to mention the week before and the day of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, the owner promoter of War Wrestling, none other than Thomas Williams. Thomas, thanks for coming on the show tonight.
2: Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. So for having me. I, actually, you know you gave me a pre- you gave me a pretty good intro. I don't know if I can live up to that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's kind of my job. So we were talking a little bit off air and I was telling you about because we were talking back and forth about you know, not just the business, but living life and doing what you do and, and, and how you bring yourself. I, I stepped in here in, in 2013 and, and I was just a, a fan. I'm still a fan. Um, and my buddy tells me at work one day, he says, Hey, man, he's like, What you doing this weekend? I don't know. Same thing I do every week. I drink a lot of beer and, and cook on the grill. I don't know. Um, He goes, There's this wrestling in town, man. You want to go? I was like, yeah, I mean, it's wrestling. I mean, who doesn't? I, I love wrestling. So I was like, sure, let's go. Well, at the time I worked for a website. It's currently on uh, uh, the internet today. Um, it was known and still is today as Ringside News. And I was a reporter. And I was my job to report the local independent scene in my area to put it across the internet off of his platform so that fans along, you know, other side of the states could see, hey, what is this? Yeah, well, it turned out to be over and over and over that I'd go in. I go in as a reporter. I end up as a ref. Um, I, I end up being um, front office, back office owner, um, promoter, um, broadcast journalist, interviewer for Fight TV for our show. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So I've been all over the place. I've even had to put on a pair of boots and a mask so people didn't know it was me um, and get in a ring every once in a while and have some fun shit, I'm telling you. Um, I've had my share of fun times in a ring. I've had my crap share uh, in the locker room and the ring as well. Man, how do you deal with the state of the, the independent scene today?
2: I mean, um, I'm very, very fortunate. Um, You know, you said you started in 2013. Um, I actually started in 1997. So, you know, that's, you know, the time where, you know, people were still drawing good crowds and, you know, there was a lot, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, promotion. Um, But I've been very, very blessed, I would say. Um, The area that I live in is the home of Al Snow, uh, former WWE superstar, uh, Ohio Valley owner now. Head, head, Um,
0: head, head.
2: Right, right. I mean, I, I live in his hometown still to this day. You know, I mean, he, he is my mentor. Um, I went to his school. Um, you know, I did all those, you know, things. I paid my dues, quote-unquote, you know, and, and all that. And I kind of just stayed around for, you know, two or three years after uh, he trained trained us and, uh, you know, went to all the other classes. Um, and I kind of just learned the business of professional wrestling. And the reason why I say that is, is because, I never had any aspirations of being a wrestler. Um, I always wanted to work behind the scenes, be a manager, um, that sort of thing, and learn the ins and outs of the business. Um, And I had it pounded into my head that I wasn't going to be a wrestler, that I needed to learn every single aspect of the business. And that's kind of what I did. And, you know, I, I just learned every part. You know, if I wasn't at the school, I was at a show. Um, helping out working behind the scenes, you know ring crew setup crew, you know security whatever they needed You know popcorn maker, you know, whatever they needed, you know, when I went to these shows That's just what I did and over a period of time, you know, I, I just uh, you know developed a good um, sense of uh, You know rapport with the guys and with other promoters and that sort of thing and uh, The ironic thing is, is I've said this a few times or whatever um, the reason why war Wrestling started was actually because of um, Ohio Valley, um, excuse me, let me be that, Heartland Wrestling Association, which is Les Backers, came to our hometown, and at the time they had a developmental deal, um, I believe it was with uh, WWE at that time, it might have been WCW, I mean, it might have been WCW, but they came to our hometown and they knew that we were local and they reached out to us and said, hey, you guys want to help us with do the show, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And needless to say, we get there and the powers that be um, just crept all over us, crept all over our match, um, basically was very, very disrespectful to the point where, you know, they kind of came across as, uh, you know, hey, if you're not from, uh, you know, the Heartland Wrestling Association or Ohio Dollar Wrestling at that time, you weren't, you know, you weren't trained, you are a piece of garbage.
1: Right, right. That happens a lot around Um, here.
2: Now, fast forward, you know, me and Leslie have actually become pretty good friends over the years or whatever. You know, I, I, I reach out to him sometimes because he's got way more knowledge than me. There's no heat, there's no animosity, and actually it's, it was a blessing in disguise at the time. Um, and that's kind of where the wrestling and the respect came into play as far as war, because at that time we saw it like, hey, you're coming into our hometown. You know, you're asking us for help, but then you treat us like crap. So at the end of the day, all we really had was, was the wrestling and or our respect. And that's kind of where the war wrestling came, in, came into play. And uh, we took it upon ourselves. There was six of us at the time. There was three of us that was in the match. Um, I was a manager of a guy named Dexter Dementia, and we went against Dusty Dillinger at that time. And then there was three other local guys that was actually in the crowd that night. The six of us all met after the show, and we just bounced ideas off each other, and we said, you know what, man, we could probably do this on our own, in our hometown and be better than it'd be better because we know how the locals are. You know, we we know what they like, we know what they dislike, we know what, they dislike, we know what they're going to support, not support that sort of thing. Right. And that was our brief, I think that was in July, mm. in July of uh, 2002. I think that's when that was. And we planned six months, almost six months to the date, we planned our very first show. And the very first show we ever did, we drew 541 people. Nice. And, that's kind of the reason why I still have th- those type of expectations to this day was is you know we didn't start out with the typical India you know you got 50 fans and you want the next show you want it to be you know 75 and the next show you want 100 and the next show you want 200 you know we started right out of the game 541 fans and you know those are solid numbers even for back then you know those were solid numbers and you know we paid everybody we paid all the bills we you know we did what we needed to do and that sort of thing Um, So it was good, you know, and it just...
1: That's a that's yeah, a that. that's a good crowd. Yeah, that's that. that's one of like our that's like one of our small festival crowds.
2: i awesome. a lot of other places and it's a tool to get back and that's kind of why we continually do the shows you know um that's kind of the, one of the reasons why we came back during all this COVID stuff was that it wasn't for anything other than our mental health you know um you know fans are suffering the wrestlers are suffering you know wrestling is an escape for all of us and that's kind of one of the main reasons why I came back I mean I physically had to talk you know three or four of our wrestlers what I say off the legs where they just couldn't deal with um, you know, day to day life because rest, they didn't have wrestling. Wrestling wasn't their escape. And uh, you know, so when we got the opportunity to come back and run the shows, you know, I, I pretty much told everyone like, listen, we're going to do it. We're going to do it right, or we're not doing it." And like I said, we're very, very blessed um, that you know we get opportunities to run the shows and to give the fans their peace of mind and give the wrestlers some peace of mind, some you know, sense of normalcy. You know, I mean, you, you you're in wrestling, you know. I mean, this past year has been crazy on every level. And, uh, you know, we just had a show this past Saturday night, and uh, we drew 284 people, and that was max capacity. I mean, we we actually went a little bit over what we were actually supposed to um, just for the fact of we had bleachers that uh, we set some fans in that normally we don't because of social distancing. Um, But, you know, other than that, man, I mean, that's kind of the main reasons why, you know, we started, you know, we came back, we started war wrestling, and, you know, I mean, here it is, 18 years later, I still feel that, you know, all we have is, our, is the wrestling and our respect. And, you know, my word is my bond, and, and, I, and I, that's the way I go about doing the shows and treating the talent and treating the fans. I, I try not to insult them in any way, shape, or form. You know, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, and do it to the best of my ability. So... You know, it's, uh, it's been crazy, man. Like I said, that's the reason why when you reached reach out to me about doing something. You know, I told you I would do it, no questions asked, because, you know, I want people to see some positivity in wrestling and realize that, you know, there is some good people out there that want to use wrestling as a tool and want to give back to the business and want to be able to teach the next generation. That's my big thing now is, you know, I don't know how, know how much time I got left in wrestling, so I want to groom that next owner, promoter, booker, you know, um, to learn the business of professional wrestling, you know, because, you know, I mean, I'm almost 50 years old. I'm 48 years old, you know, I mean, I don't know. I I don't see myself doing this till I'm 60, 65. You know what I mean? I don't, you know. Um, So that's one of them things, man, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it's kind of a weird situation to be in right now, you know, with COVID and running shows and, you know, um, you know, but at the end of the
1: day here, like I told you 18 years later, you know, we're still doing (laughs) it. We just, uh, we just did our first show back for 2021. Um, this past week, uh, we did 165 people. Um, it was a decent, decent crowd. We saw some people we have never seen before. Uh, you always see your diehards. Um, we, we made some money. Um, COVID, COVID messed up a lot of things, man. Um, not just all of us indie guys, but you know, the 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 people you watch on TV, they they had their shit turned upside down, businesses turned upside down. I mean, just everything was shitty. Um, and what really sucked about being in under a COVID restrictions, um last year, last last July was um our season four of Wrestling for a Cure. Um it's by charity that my partner and I do over here in this area uh for St. Jude. And we were on a fast track, man, to having f- over 50K that we delivered to, to St. Jude in four years. And then all of a sudden, they all this shit you see on the news is coming out and all this crap they're telling us in the newspapers. And then all of a sudden, oh, wait, wait a minute, there's issues. You can't go do this now and you can't go do this now. And I'm like, wait a minute, what the fuck is happening? And COVID came in and... and Lorena bobbited the whole entire independent and pro wrestling scene and the world, um, yep. and it hurt us. It hurt us really bad. Um,
2: yeah. We lost, uh, we lost about, um, from March, um, we do a lot of fairs and festivals over this way. Right. And uh, we lost about, uh, from March to November, we lost about $45,000 as a company. Right. Um just- the good thing about that, I won't say that's good, but the good thing about it is, is me and my wife keep everything totally separate. Um, we didn't lose anything financially from, uh, you know, from a personal standpoint. It was all, um, you know, all through the business. Um, you know, the good thing was is, you know, we didn't really have any outstanding, uh, you know, uh, bills or anything like that towards the company. Um, you know, uh, about the only thing that we really had to do which you know, was a was a busting to a degree was is we had to honor 65 tickets that was sold at our March show that carried over into November. And, you know, with that money, you know, I tell everybody that, you know, with that money we still have bills to pay. You know, I still have more, you know, uh, I still have uh, storage payments, you know, that where we store our ring and that sort of thing. And we had just bought some new mics or whatever that were like, you know, $1,000 that, you know, I got 12 months same cash on and we had to make those monthly payments and that sort of thing. So that's where the 65, you know, tickets went. And uh, so when we came back from the very first show back in November, um, we literally had, and uh, you can relate to this because you said you ran shows. We literally had a fifty-dollar buffer if we were going to make money or lose money, right? Because I had because I had honor the sixty-five tickets. Plus, on top of that, you know, sponsorship and that sort of thing was kind of null and void because you know a lot of our sponsors are mom and pop places who were hurting financially themselves and on the verge of closing. You know, and it was a tough call to come back. I mean, you know, uh, you know, here it is, our, you know, our fifth show in, you know, and I sit back and I think about it, and I'm like, man, that could have went really, really, really wrong right from the jump, and there would have been no coming back from it, you know, financially. There just wouldn't have been, you know, we wouldn't have been able to come back from it, and, and, and you know, the stress of that alone, you know, I had a bunch of sleepless nights and a bunch of sleepless days, and... You know, and, and it's a lot of pressure, you know, to deliver, you know, um, you know, even even to, to deliver on the independent scene, you know, during normal times was, was crazy enough, you know, now all of a sudden you got, you know, all these restrictions and, you know, social distancing and masks and, you know, you got to do all this extra stuff and, you know, we have, like over here, we have to have, you know, so many uh, sanitizing stations or whatever for the size of the building and everyone's got to be socially distanced and everyone's got to be masked and, it, you know, and... It was just crazy, you know, on all the extra things that we had to do, and, and uh, but we made it work, you know, and, and, and our fans came back, and, and like you were saying, you know, we actually have gotten some new fans out of, even during these five shows, we've gotten some, quite a few new fans out of it, because people just want to do something, you know, they're, they're bored at home, you know what I mean, you know, they're, they're, there's nothing to do, you know, you know, like over here, you know, the bars had to be shut down at 10 o'clock at night, you know, or they weren't even allowed to open at all, you know, and. You know, I mean, even our local movie theater was closed here. You know, so they weren't even, you know, they weren't even showing movies from, you know, the old movies. Right. You know, our movie theater was closed. You know, our movie, our our movie theater is still closed. I don't think it opens back up until like mid-May. Um, you know, so there just wasn't anything to do, and so we just kind of took the bull by the horns and said, hey, you know, we might have to make a little cups here and there or whatever, you know, but we're going to try to run and try to run even with all the restrictions. And like I said, I'm very blessed that my staff gets it. And they understand, uh, you know, that there's a way bigger picture on, you know, what we're trying to get across for entertainment and just peace of mind for the fans and the wrestlers. And, you know, my staff stepped up and we've made it work, you know, five shows, you know, and we've, you know, made money, I guess you could say every single show, Um, you know, and like our next big show. Um, is our anniversary show. We normally do our anniversary show in January, February, but with, with things, the way things worked out this year, I said, ah, you know, we'll do the anniversary show in May. Uh, May is kind of our uh, end of the year, I guess you could say, because that's when we basically start all of our fairs and festivals and all that sort of thing. So, you know, we don't really do the angles and storylines during all the angles, you know, during the fairs and the festivals They're just, you know, shows. So May this year is our anniversary show. And, you know, mind you, you know, it's typically uh, – we drew I think the smallest crowd we've drew in the in the in the nine years that we've done the the anniversary show. Um, I think the smallest legit crowd we've ever we've ever drawn is like six hundred and fifty people. Um, so it's a huge ordeal. You know, we break we break out more lighting and more staging and you know, we've done all the gimmick matches. I mean we've done the legit war games or whatever with two rings and two steel cages and we've did a, we actually did a steel cage slash scaffold match where there was a steel cage, and atop of the steel cage was a scaffold that was from one side of the cage to the other side of the cage. <laughs> you know, we always try to outdo, we always try to outdo ourselves, you know, and, and that sort of things for gimmick matches and all that. And uh, fast forward into this year, you know, uh, I tell people this, and they kind of look at me and they chuckle. I said, but you know, with the restrictions in place, this and the other, I could have Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair in the prime. And I can still only have 300 people, you know, I mean, that's just the way it is. There's no way of getting around it, but we still want to put on a good, you know, good solid show um, that the fans want to attend. So what I did was, is I reached out to a lot of the local mom and pop places that have supported us over the years. And I said, Hey guys, you know, you know what we do for the community? You know what we do for the fans in the area? Would you be interested in being a partner and sponsoring our upcoming show? You know, I'm like, you know, we go all out for it. You know, we, you know, we bring in the big stage and the better lighting. And, you know, all the guys get, you know, double, triple paydays. And, you know, we do all this sort of thing. It's, it's, you know, it's our version of WrestleMania. You know, that's pretty much what I tell people all the time. And uh, the good thing about it was is we actually had a lot of sponsors step up to the plate this year. And I mind you, I've been doing this for 18 years. And we actually got the most sponsors ever in the history of the company for one show. Um, we actually got 29 sponsors on board right now that are physically giving us money and or doing things in trade, you know, like our t-shirt guy is, you know, taking $200 off of his bill, um, you know, and uh, the lady that does our plaques and stuff with our Hall of Fame, you know, she, she's going to be a partner and a sponsor, so she's doing the plaques for free, you know, so we got all those sort of things or whatever, and uh, we can only have 300 people, and as of right this moment, since you and you were talking, we only got like,
1: 45 tickets
2: left out of
1: the 300. Okay, and, uh, okay.
2: They just, uh I said, okay, okay. Yeah, you know, and, and, thing is, is, and, and the thing about that is is that's at $21 a ticket. You know, so, you know, that's even basically about $5 more than what our normal ticket prices are. And, uh, you know, so we're very blessed, you know, in that aspect of it, you know. And uh, I just think it's just because, you know, we, we've, we've always delivered what we say we're going to deliver to the fans, and, and the talent knows, you know, that they're not getting a hot dog in a handshake, you know, and that's the one thing that we've taken pride in ourselves over the years is, you know, um, we always pay the talent, we always pay, you know, pay all the bills from the show, and, you know, whatever's left over after we do all that, it goes 100% right back into the company, and, you know, it's bought us a brand new ring and guardrails, and, you know, lights and sound, and you know all that stuff. You know, we we own every single single piece of uh, equipment that we do for the shows ourselves. You know, we don't rent anything. Um, you know, um, you know, we just, uh, you know, we try to keep be self sufficient. Um, you know, and and you know that way you know, uh, you know, like I said, me and my wife, we, you know, we keep everything separate, and uh, we haven't put any of our own personal money into the company going on thirteen years.
1: And that's how it should be. Um, yeah, you
2: know, but a lot of
1: people don't think that way. You know, a lot of
2: a lot of people don't a lot of people don't think that way at all. A lot of people just look at it as you know that you know they're going to run a show and hopes of making money and you know and then because they need their mortgage paid or you know something right. like that. You know, and that's
1: that's the problem in our area is that some of those some of those companies did that they 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 were known for bringing people in and having a really good. Uh, crowd and this and that and, and traveling and this, but then they, they started relying on the wrong things and then well, they don't run anymore. Or they they just threw together a company real quick and just regurgitated another company's matches over and over and over and they, they're not there anymore. We're lucky. We started in his, this area here in 2011 so 21 is right on our 10 year. Um, right. And we always have an anniversary show in May. It's called uh, the Grand Wrestling Spectacle, um, and that's when we go all out. That's the end of that's the end of our stories. Everything comes and culminates, and we always give back to the fans. So we always we, we would always bring a guest, um, and we have done that over the years. And this this past year was our biggest ever. It's it's the tenth anniversary, so we went all out, and um, we had we had Kevin Nash booked as our guest, which was awesome. Um, yeah but then covid hit so we we got nothing and um we got lucky that the restrictions are changing enough here and hopefully even more soon um that I was able to this past saturday announced the uh the 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 date that Kevin will be coming in for the makeup now uh which is going to be on our october show so i mean that fits as well um right i i, I helped as I tried to be able to get that one part in there and tell them that you got to get enough sponsors so that you're not paying anything out of pocket. You, you got to be able to cover it. So at one time we had 10, 12, 13 sponsors um, through the years. And then, then some stupid mistakes or, or or one person did something dumb and, and one was like, ah, I don't like that. So, you know, they'd fall off and we're, we're just now, I guess, I guess they're just now learning that making money, even if it's just a little bit right now and a little bit right now and a little bit right now is actually a good thing. And over the, over the past few years, they've been able to start, uh, you know, enjoying that, you know, we've, we, we reopened our training school. We have a brand new ring in there, which was paid for Uh, the ring we have now that we literally put up for shows and travels with is, is all our, I mean, everything that we've, Everything that we've done so far is right, um, right. And we're still pushing. I mean, we've we've done we've done YouTube series. Um, I brought the first one to the the table that we did for a couple of years, and then uh, my Booker and I, uh, Guy Smith, we worked together on a project for Fight TV for two years. We've we've right. gave everything for the fans here. Um, we we do a annual baseball thing here with the Springfield Sliders. I, uh, I got us booked at my hometown festival in September. We're working on number seven as we speak. Um, I mean, we just, we give back as much as we can, we can, uh, do at the time. It's a, it's a great time, man. I love it. Um, there's times where you're just like, God, I, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. Oh, I just want it to be over with. Um, But I've enjoyed my ride up and down and and the goods, the bads. I've met really great people in this business. I'm sure you have as well. People that we call friends and family um, and everything. We've met some real dirt ball sleaze bags, sons of bitches. Um, But that's the life of the business. Uh, Whether you're on the road 288 to 375 days a year or you do it every single month three, four, five times a week. Um, right. the business is how you make it. And a lot of people still in this day don't understand that, Thomas. Um, I've been reading a lot of your stuff that I see you post on Facebook a lot. I've been following you guys for a while. We've even talked a while back um, about uh, wrestling. Uh, you'd have to go back in your messages and look. But uh, we talked a while back. You've got some people that come through your area that wrestle for us as well, so that's cool. Um, the business nowadays in our area is... That it's finally back, and now that we have a chance to restructure a little um, on certain parts of what we're doing here, um, we have a real good feeling that it's gonna it's gonna put that shot back in the arm here in Central Illinois as well.
2: Yeah, you know, the, the thing is, is it's it's, um, it's very very um, cyclical. You know, I, I, you know that maybe that not be the right word, but there's so many highs and lows. And everything seems to repeat itself about every, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years or whatever, you know. Um, and that's the biggest thing for us is, is, you know, I sit back and I think and I'm thinking, man, I'm going on two decades of this, you know, of just only, you know, being an owner, promoter, and a booker. And, uh, you know, people ask me and they're like, man, how do you how do, yeah, you do it, huh? you know. Um, and, and to be honest with you, you know, I do it just for the aspect of, you know, besides those fairs and festivals or whatever, you know, we only book one show a month in our home area. Um, You know, and it's a lot of work, you know, but in that same breath, you know, um, I just look at, like you were saying, you know, where, you know, uh, what we do matters to this community and to this area, and that's kind of what the driving force for me right now is, 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 you know, I'm out when I'm, you know, at the local, you know, uh, you know, Walmart or whatever, and I get stopped by a guy. He's got a Vietnam veteran hat on, and he says, hey, are you the guy from more wrestling? I'm like, yes, sir. And he says, well, thank you guys uh, for all that you do for the local veterans or whatever. You know, um, you know, at the end of the month when, you know, funds are tight and i got to decide on, uh, you know, if I'm going to buy my medication or get food, he's like, I know that I can go to the veteran's food pantry and probably pick up my, you know, pick up my uh, food for the week. Um, and get my meds because of the donations that you guys have given us so the years. You know, or, you know, the local mom and pop, you know, or the local mom and dad or whatever that's got, you know, three or four kids and they're on a fixed income and, you know, the electric bills due and they gotta make a choice on, you know, if they wanna take their kids to the local wrestling show or pay their electric bill, well, you know, my ticket outlets know, hey, you know, if things are rough or whatever, you know, just tell mom and dad to, to buy tickets and that we're wrestling will donate the rest of the tickets to their family. You know, we've done those sort of things or whatever, you know, because that's the right thing to do. Because I live in this community, you know, I'm, I'm born and raised here. I live in this community. I work in this community, you know, um, you know, and that's why we keep doing what we're doing. Because I think, you know, that it, it, it's making a difference. And, uh, that's the biggest thing for us now is, is we know it's making a difference in the community. Um, this is the fans one, you know, one night a month to get out, to go as a family, you know, um, you know, and have a good time and forget about the worries of the world around them. And, uh, so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where we are. Thanks I what you were saying, you know, where, you know, um, you guys are making strides in the area that you're in and you know, you've done, you're doing good business and you're starting to get some fairs in the festivals. And, you know, and that makes a huge difference on, on things, you know, I mean, uh, at one time, I think we had, uh, I think we had about eight or nine festivals and fairs and stuff that we did in the area, and, uh, you know, and, and, and those are the type of things where, you know, um, there were sold shows, they brought the shows from us, and, you know, we went out there and did our thing or whatever, and to me, I always looked at it as this. That's a potential new audience, you know, that right. comes to the live shows, you know. So let's go out there and put on a kick-ass show, you know. And that's kind of where we're at with it, you know. I mean, uh, it, it's always a, uh, you know, I tell people all the time that independent wrestling, um, the only thing the casual fan can compare to is what they see on Monday night. So if you don't even remotely look the part, then it doesn't matter. The fans are automatically going to judge you right from the beginning. And uh, that's the biggest thing for us is, 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 you know, our ring looks professional, our ring announcers look professional, our sound is professional. You know, everything that we do is top notch because, you know, um, what well, if there's that first-time fan sitting in the crowd and you do the opening match and your ring looks like garbage and the two guys look like they should be sweeping up after the show.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, that, that first-time fan that first-time fan's going to automatically be like, oh, my God, this is horrible, this sucks, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you've already lost them. They're already going to judge you right from the beginning, you know. So, you know, we we you know we make sure we have you know the ring is the ring ropes are nice and tight and the canvases you know nice and tight and you know the, the 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 aprons are nice and tight you know and it looks like a ring that should be on TV and, you know and our ring announcer you know he wears a suit and a tie and you know he looks the part and sounds the part and uh, those just little cool things that you know a lot of guys don't don't uh, worry about or taking into consideration or whatever. Um, you know, I think above, in my case, personally, or whatever it is is, you know, I, I treat it like a business 24-7, 365, um, you know, and I don't really, and I don't mix business with pleasure. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but I don't go hang out with the guys after the show at the local, you know, sports bar. I don't do none of that sort of stuff. It's like I leave, you know, the business, when the, when the show is over, I leave it, you know what I mean? And, and and. Mimi was talking off, off the air about balancing all of that, and that's something that I've learned to do over the last six or seven years is balance, you know, my work life and my professional life and, and my personal life. And, uh, you know, um, I actually had weight loss surgery um, six years, going on seven years, and uh, I actually lost 250 pounds. And it kind of gave me a new lease on life and a new lease on wrestling um and it's made me you know more aware of my surroundings and that you know um you know to give back you know it's kind of funny because uh you know i'm 20 24 years in wrestling 18 years as the owner and the promoter of world wrestling and i still do ring crew and a lot of guys look at me like what the hell are you doing and i'm like that's how i broke into business because i was always part of the ring crew and guess what i'm still going to do that as long as you know, I can physically still be able to do it, and that's what I'm going to do. And, uh, you know, I did it Saturday Saturday at our show. I, was, I loaded the ring, and then when we got it to the venue, I unloaded it, put it all together. And when all the guys are going home or going to the bar, I'm still there tearing it all down and putting it all away. And, you know, um, I, I try to lead by example, and uh, I try to, you know, teach the younger guys, you know, to uh, you know lend a hand if they need to lend a hand. Um, I'm a little bit different in my way of thinking on that. I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't really buy into the whole paying your dues type thing or whatever. Um, I, I just think, like, to me, um, a lot of guys use that as a, as a crutch, you know, for free labor or whatever. And, uh, you know, I want the guys that work on our show, there strictly for their talent. And if I, if I ask them to do part of the ring crew, you know, it's because it's probably me and one other guy, but I don't expect it. You know, that's a big thing, you know, a big thing. I don't know how it is in your area, but in this area, it's a different beast, man. You know, because you get a lot of the veteran guys that say, tell these young kids, hey, pay your dues, pay your dues, pay your dues, but then, you know, they're also, these veteran guys are the first ones to try to bury the young guys or won't show them anything, won't teach them anything, you know, that sort of thing. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword right now with the way the business is and, you uh,
1: you know, I know you had
2: mentioned that you guys have this school. Um, how do you guys go about doing that, or whatever? I mean, do you guys train every day? You guys train three times a day, three times a week.
1: We, uh, um, you know, we we set up uh, Pinfall Academy in uh, 2014. Um, our very first class was 15 heads strong. Um, by the time that we got to certain weeks, we realized we had a dedicated five. Um, it grew from there. And then of course, you know, there's, oh, we have to move or, oh, Hey, we can't rent you no more because of this. So we got to find a new building. So now we're down and we had to make up for it some other way. And well, anyway, so we're finally back open. We, we, we took over a building, uh, that used to be an old cafe nightclub. And it's got just enough room to put the, the training ring inside and uh, a back office area so that we can do all the other stuff that we need to do while we're all together. Um, the structure of the class, um, it is led by um, Zero hot Guy Smith. He went to um, down in Missouri. He trained under uh, Harley Race. Um, that's where he got his training from. And he's been the head trainer now since 2014. We um, have a very, very, very strong class going through now, Um, and we run Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and that's mainly because all of us involved in it work a lot of really weird hours, and a lot of the other (laughs) students that are involved and and other trainers have a little bit more relaxed, so we just made it three days in a row, and it's running seven to ten, or even longer, just depends on what's being worked on. And we teach him you know, he goes in and he teaches it. When I when I went to my very first class, um, you know, at the time, I was like, Yeah, you know, I'll give it a shot. I'll see what, what really goes through a one full class of start to finish. I just wanted to I wanted to feel it. I wanted to see what it was like. Um and everything that he ran us through for warm ups and calisthenics, of course, is everything they did. Um and then we just we just started learning basic shit. I mean we were, we were learning, you know, how to do roles the right way first and how to safely do this and safely do that first before we went anywhere in be, in between the crazy shit. Um, and he's, he's he's great. So, like, he, 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 he's not the one to, like, look at you and, and belittle you in front of the whole class, but he is that one to look at you and say, hey, this is what you did wrong. For those of you who did it right or think you did it right, you did it wrong too. Check this out. And they'll run back through everything all over again with each individual person until they feel comfortable right. enough to say, okay, I get it now. I see what you were trying to transition to, or I see what you are trying to do there. And so we, we've been very successful at that. We've, we've graduated um, whew, uh, Jake Lander. We graduated um, Cardini. We graduated uh, Warren Johnson. Uh, went by Roscoe up here. He now works for Booker T., and he's been working for Booker T for quite some time. Um, our women's champ, Harley. We did a um, new class that came through, which is uh, Connolly. Um, we have a couple of new kids that are trying to get around into it. Um, so, I mean, we have, we've had success. And these guys have, and girls have branched, and we've been all over the place. I mean, we've been down south. We've been west, uh, east, north. Some have had some shots, you know, and and everything. So I mean, we did the right we did the right thing, and, fr- and we always sure. tell them, you know, if if this is what you think you want to do, come on in, man. We'll let you take a look and everything else, and of course, all the the right paperwork's got to be there and everything else, and then we give them the shot. Um, we give them a break, you know. They pay a certain amount, they get this many days as a free trial to see if it's something they really want to mess with, um, and you know, go from there. And we've been lucky enough to keep quite a quite a crowd.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing with us. I mean, that's, you know, we've, you know, over the years, I think we've ran a few classes here and there or whatever, but, you know, just, you know, just the time, you know, that's why I asked you how, how long you do it because, like, when we ran our classes, we ran uh, four days a week, and then the fifth, uh, fifth day was, like, a makeup day if they missed anything, um, and we did it for, like, 12 weeks, and, you know, we – like you said, we didn't sugarcoat anything with them, you know, we put them through the ringers or whatever at that time, and, and uh, you know, I think they, I think that's one big thing, like, you know, um, you got to definitely teach the newer generation all aspects of it, and I think that's one thing that's really, really lacking in training is that a lot of these schools, they just teach the moves and... To me, you, you got to teach them why you're why you're doing the moves and when to do the moves and the etiquette part. You know that's the one big thing I can just really truly lost in wrestling right now is just the etiquette part. You know, um, I tell people all the time, and, and they look at me like I'm crazy, and I said, minus professional wrestling, what does me as a man, as a, as a white forty eight year old man, have in common with a 28, twenty eight twenty years eighteen to twenty year old kid that still lives at home with his mom and dad? Right. You know, and they look at me like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, I can't relate to a 20-year-old kid still living at home with his parents, you know what I mean? Who, his mom and dad's still paying, you know, he's still on his mom and dad's insurance and they're still paying his cell phone bill. Like, I I can't relate to that, you know? So, that's a big thing for me is is that's why I asked you about, you know, the training and and all that because, you know, um, like over in this area, you know, we got Shriek Martini who's up in Detroit. Uh, we got Cody Hawk, who is down in the Cincinnati area. Yep, I know Cody. Um, yeah, you know, we got Cody, you know, down in the Cincinnati area. You got the Rockstar Pro um, guys, you know, um, Zach Wentz and those guys was there before they signed with the WWE. They were trainers there. You know, we got, you know, some good schools in this area You know within a you know, two, three hour drive. And and that's the one thing I always ask them when I talk to them, you know, is, is you know, what's your curriculum like? How have, you, how have you changed it over the years? You know, have you changed it? Have you... You know, um, you know, I tell people all the time, my, my mentality is I'm very, very old school in my way of thinking, but I also have tried to learn to where, you know, what's, what, what makes these kids happy? You know, like, uh, took anything with the pain or with you know the the trainees or whatever. I mean that's the one big thing I noticed with a lot of the newer guys is, you know, I have a conversation with them and they truly believe in their heart and hearts that they're gonna get signed in six months and be on WWE T V.
1: Yeah, we had a kid uh we had a kid who literally learned really fast, uh paid attention, so, you know, his uh his ears were shut and his eyes were open, his mouth stayed closed and he he learned he did really really well and uh, he was he, he received a phone call and he went and did that said phone call and it got in his head so then automatically he thought he was he was the thing at the time right. and it right. took it took it took a lot of humbling for that person to figure out hey man just because you were able to do it like that doesn't mean you're a fucking god um yeah I we have
2: kids it, 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 that, that's funny say because we literally had a kid his name was scotty overhauser he went by uh scotty Faber um he literally had a w he had a wcw developmental deal six months after training and it was it had nothing to do with his ability or anything like that it was just that he was in the right spot at the right time and hung around the right people and he didn't think that at the time you know what i mean he thought that he was the bz and yeah you no know, now you know uh, you know, he it took some humbling or whatever, you know, and all that, but, you know, I I, I I totally get what you're saying. I mean, this kid was literally, you know, I'm still friends to him to this day, and it's 20 years after this, you know, after this fact. But, you know, literally six months into his training or after his training, whatever, he, he was getting paid with the WCW developmental deal, you know. And uh, so I, I get it, you know, and. And and that's a that's that's kind of a bad thing. And it truly is whatever because, like you said, this kid, you know, your guys are training or whatever. thought that he was going to be the man, and you know, it takes a, it takes a while for them to uh, realize that. You know, uh, you know, I tell everybody all the time. You know, there's always going to be somebody bigger, stronger, faster, better looking, younger, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, and a lot of the newer generation don't doesn't seem to understand that. You yeah, know?
1: Um, we. Um... You know? so
2: that, that's,
1: we, we, we teach him we teach him all of the valued uh, aspects of it all from, from start to finish. So, it just, unfortunately, his head grew, and it grew too fast the wrong way. But now he's he's been brought back down to earth um, more than once. Unfortunately, one, because it just, it wasn't his time. Uh, two, because um, of massive injury. And then a third time was another massive injury, which really wasn't per se an injury. Something happened. um he had some type of issue with his veins and he had to go in and have like some massive leg surgery on both legs. Now I mean he's back on the scene now so he's he's getting back to where he needs to be, but he doesn't have that head no more. And the kids that have graduated recently and the ones that are in there now have that that mindset and everything else is I'm here one because I want to make sure that I pay attention and do everything I'm supposed to do and I don't have any issues. They are also learning an art a craft You know, and something that they want to do, but like you said earlier, you know, why is it you want to do that? But they learn everything they need to learn before we go, and they go out there and say, Hi, my name is so-and-so. This is my gimmick. This is what I do. Um, The the best thing I liked about was, like, when it's graduation week, um, he would literally get poster boards. And on one side uh, would be moves that they learned from the very first day. All the way to right then and there when they're going to graduate. And then on the back side of it, he would write a match out and yell the moves. And see if they caught him right on. So they'd go out there and he'd be like, all right, here we go. First thing you're going to do is you're going to circle around and call uh, call her elbow tie up. And then he would just start firing shit to see who did it, who did it right, what they learned, if they were paying attention the whole time all the way through. That's like their exam. And then he puts them in a, a, a ten minute match and says, Here we go, this is what we're gonna do. And he says, Go out there and show me a match. This is what I want from it. This is what I want to see from it. And I want some kind of a story at the end of it. And they go out there and they have to do that. And that's how he would judge them. And and, and some of them guys and girls may go out there and it's it's amazing to see what these what these kids can do. Um it it blows my mind. Um I helped with promo class and I, I mean I could talk a lot of match shit. But these guys go out there and they can perform a lot of mad shit and make it work, and it's really good. Um, and like I said, some some of them's getting where they need to go. Right
2: on. Yeah, I mean that's I mean and that's and you know that's the cool thing. You know, like you you can see it. You know what I mean. That's one thing. Like I I try to uh, you know I try to you know uh, like Cody Hawk students or Truth Martini students and, and stuff like that. You know, I, I always try to see you know. Um, you know, what they're doing and, and, and who uh, separates themselves from the pack because I know that those guys are good trainers and that sort of thing. And, that, you know, they know the business of professional wrestling and, and that. And you know, that's the one thing I wish, you know, that there was more of, is, is you know, uh, guys that were willing to teach, you know what I mean, and that sort of thing or whatever. Because, you know, um, you know, my experiences may not be the same as your experiences, but, you know, you got something to offer. i got something to offer. Um, you know, and a lot of the veteran guys don't seem to do, seem to want to teach that much anymore, you know, and I think that's where, you know, um, you know, I sit there and think about it, you know, when I first broke into the business, you know, we had Tom Brandy, um, you know, we had Samu, we had the Batten twins, you know, we had guys that, you know, uh, you know, made a living doing professional wrestling for years and years and years, you know, they were in our locker room to teach us, you know what I mean? Um, you know, Debo Brown, you know guys like that. You know, Dan Severin. You know, we have a ton of guys over the years that were in our locker room to teach us. Um, and now, it's kind of like now that's put on us. You know, here it is. You know, 24 years later, I'm quote unquote a veteran guy. Um, you know, and I think one thing that helps me is, is I don't look at it from a fan or from a from a wrestler standpoint. I look at it from an owner, a promoter, and a booker standpoint. You know, so my outlook may maybe a little bit different in my advice, but maybe a little bit different than, you know, the guy that's just a wrestler, um, you know, um, because I, I know what it takes, you know, uh, you know, uh, move-wise and look-wise and attitude-wise and how they connect with the fans, you know, a little bit more than guy, than a guy that's just a wrestler that just wants to wrestle a 10-minute match and wants to go home. Um, so, you know, I get a lot of guys all the time, you know, and, and they send me videos and, and matches and, you know, um, you know, I make a point, you know, that I watch every single match sent to me and I usually critique every single match and, you know, I give them pointers on, you know, ideas or, you know, timing and all that sort of thing or whatever because, you know, now I'm quote-unquote one of the veteran guys that needs to lead by example and needs to show these guys and teach these guys, you know, because, you know, I mean, you I don't know how you feel about your training school, but I tell people all the time, you know, Al Snow taught us just the basics enough to survive to where we need to get out more and more and more and learn more and more and more. And there's nothing better than on-the-job training in front of a live crowd or learning from other guys that have been on the road um, for years and years and years. You know, the, a school can only do so much for
1: you. Yeah, I love going on the road uh, with some of these guys and just seeing the different the styles, the different atmosphere, atmospheres, uh, the, the different crowd reactions, the different – um, the the ambiance of it all. I love when we were able to go out and, and do that. But some of these guys have kind of moved on to certain other parts and uh, that, that little bit of traveling hasn't happened. But I've seen a difference of what what I would say is is northern, you know, Illinois wrestling or northern less wrestling, and then we get down south and we just see the old school downright dirty and, and, and everything else, you know, differences in, in, in styles and, and difference in the crowds. You're just like, holy shit, this is like a two-way mirror. On this one side is A and this side is B, and it's it's phenomenal. Cool. And I miss that. Yeah,
2: because um, yeah, I, I would say, I, I mean, I'm not totally 100% familiar with Southern Illinois, but I always relate it to more of a Southern style, you know what I mean? More old school telling a story, heel versus baby, you know, big guy versus bad guy, and like northern Northern Illinois, it's kinda of what a, how I relate it to it, is in like Chicago and all that it's more where you know, uh, more of a faster style and more of a internet, you know, internet following crowds and that sort of thing or whatever, you know, where the smart marks are and they know and like Danny Daniels is promotion A. W, you know, I mean I would always relate to that. You know, I watched that show, um Danny actually trained with us and started with us and I always relate to him, you know, like his style and the way that they do their shows and all that up there in Chicago or whatever, it's like, I, I could never duplicate that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just could never duplicate their crowd and the, their atmosphere and, you know, what they cater to and, uh, you know, and I see some of the talent that came through there over the years and, and uh, that sort of thing and, and it's kind of like, uh, you know, like you were saying, you know, like the Southern style, you know, that's kind of more of what we are. We're more family-oriented or family and or uh, storylines and angles and, you know, that sort of thing, you know. Um, I mean, when we do our angles and storylines or whatever, they're a year out. And what I would say about that is, is we know when our anniversary show is and we book everything backwards. Yep. Where we know where we're going. You know, we know where we're going at the end of the anniversary show. We work everything backwards or whatever from there. And, uh, you know, a lot of these promotions, they don't. They go show by show you know, match by match or whatever because they cater to a certain style, a certain brand, um, a certain wrestler, you know. Um, you know, I tell guys all the time, you know, I got guys that wrestle for me that, you know, they can go out there and do, you know, a 20-minute match and, you know, with 10,000 false finishes and kicking out of everything and all that. And I always tell all those guys, whoever, that wrestle for us, like, listen, man, you know, you're going to pay the same amount of money if you do a five-minute match or a 25-minute match. Exactly. And, and I, I don't want to see 14,000 false finishes. I don't want to see, you know, 14 super kicks and kicking out a three Canadian destroyer. I don't want to see none of that, you know. It's like I just want to, you know, less is more. And, uh, you know, and that's kind of the way we book our things or whatever. Like I said, it's more orient, uh, you know, angle-driven and storyline-driven. Um, you know, and that's one thing I think a lot of the school is going to go back to training, um, you know, that they need to, you know, when they let these trainees go out to these other shows, they need to learn, be able to learn to work all those different styles and different types of matches or whatever and all of that, you know. Um, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, if you're a trainee on a show or, you know, trying to get bookings or whatever, and you're unsure what you're, you know, what you want to do, I tell them all the time, like, wear a hood, wear a mask, that way, you until you get comfortable and figure out what you want to do, you know, then you don't have to think about it because you're hiding under a different persona or whatever, you know. And it it works pretty good. You know, we've had a couple of guys over the years that started out wearing hood gimmicks, and then they you know kind of developed their own uh, unique style or look or you know name or finish or whatever they you know. And then now they're comfortable, you know, where uh, you know because there ain't nothing like learning in front of a live crowd. You know, um, and a lot of and a lot of things. Uh, you know, a lot of companies. Uh, you know, um, like us, and I'll be the first one to tell you, we don't we don't use a whole lot of trainees or whatever. You know, because um, a lot of our guys are more established guys or you know guys that you know uh, you know like Jake something, for instance. You know, we used Jake something a long time ago, and, and uh, you know we've used uh, you know other guys like that. So who, who are some of the guys that you said that uh, that you guys use and we use?
1: what's that I said who are some of the
2: guys that you said we use
1: and that you guys use uh Shauna Reed and uh, Harley Fairfax oh okay
2: yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Yep, yep yeah yep, Shauna's yep. Shauna's been down yeah, here yeah. for about about two years now on and off and then um right she brought Harley down uh a few times and then uh they both wrestled for me uh last July at my charity show um some, some good people
2: yeah, you know, we just started using Harley uh, just recently or whatever, you know. I mean, we, we actually like her look and, and her attitude. Um, it's actually kind of funny because uh, uh, she insists on calling me sir all the time. Yep. I actually told her. And it's kind of funny because I'm a military yeah, military brat, and, uh, you know, I, always, I still, you know, me and my wife's been together for 30 years, and I still say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, to her. Um, you know, so I get it, but I, I kind of told her last show, I said, hey, this, you know, you don't have to call me, sir, all the time. I said, she's like, well, I work on a military base. I said, well, I kind of got that. I said, I knew it was some kind of military, you know, degree, uh, background, some sort of whatever. And I was kind of ribbing her a little bit or whatever. But, yeah, you know, her and Shawna, you know, Shauna worked hard. You know, she just came back from uh, from uh, Dustin Rhodes' school. Sure
1: did, you know, sure did.
2: You know, you know, Yeah, she's getting some AEW stuff or whatever, you know. she She's putting in the time and the effort. And, you know, it's starting to pay off. And I think Harley's kind of the same way, you know. Um, you know, uh, I've I learned, you know, I, 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 the one thing about with me is, is, I, is uh, like in Harley's case or whatever, you know, she's a legitimate badass outside of wrestling. And uh, I don't think a lot of people know that, you know. I mean, she's actually, you know, very versed in, uh, you know, uh, mixed martial arts and that sort of thing. And uh, you know, so you know, I, I like her look. Like I said, then I was just curious, if, like I said, I wasn't sure if there's anybody else or whatever that you guys use uh, down. Where's, where do you guys run exactly uh, in Illinois?
1: We're in uh, Springfield, Illinois.
2: Springfield. That's what I thought. Okay, that's what I thought. I wasn't wasn't positive or whatever exactly where you guys ran at or whatever. You know, do um, you guys have? How's your guys' Do uh, you guys have an um, athletic commission or anything?
1: Uh, we, we don't have any like major structure of anything. No. Um, with the high schools, you know, the school sports and stuff, they have all that, uh, covered, but we don't have any limitations, uh, in, in our state or even here in Springfield, um, you know, against professional wrestling or, or anything like that. Unlike, you know, some other states where you have to go through this or you have to have a license or, you know, all that stuff. Now I'm sure sometime here after this is over, there'll be something put in place, but
2: Right. Yeah. We I mean we have to have a promoter's license and and, uh, and uh, we have to pay per show or whatever, but they don't really enforce anything. Like I, that's why I asked or whatever because I was curious because that's something that I try to educate myself on too is, is how other states or whatever, um, you know, like during all the COVID stuff or whatever, we had a group of about thirty promoters that all stuck together and tried to work with the Athletic Commission and and uh, tried to you know, we kinda were the guinea pigs towards combat sports or whatever and you know, we were actually one of the very first uh, professionalizing was one of the very first things uh that was, you know, allowed to do stuff or whatever, uh, through the government, you know, that sort of thing. Like I said, we were kind of the guinea pigs, uh, of that. So it was it's a, it's been an interesting ride, you know, it truly has or whatever and uh, you know, um I, I like, you know, like I told you earlier, you know, I like being able to talk and, and other people hear certain aspects of the business and, you know, um and learn things and teach people other things or whatever. And, you know, so getting an opportunity to do it with you and, and you know, on the podcast and, and that sort of thing, you know, I, I, you know, I'm glad to be asked to do it because, like I said, my, my, my uh, perspective is a little bit different because now, I, you know, I'm just strictly an owner, promoter, and a booker, um, you know, uh, which is kind of, a, kind of a, a lot of people tell me that's kind of an odd combination. A lot of people don't do all three jobs. Um, but I don't know any different. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird situation when people are like, Well, you don't have a booker or, you know, you're someone else you know, I do all three jobs, all three aspects of it for every single show that we do. Um, I don't know if that's a blessing and or a curse. I'm not real sure just yet, but <laughs> here it is eighteen years later and you know we're still doing it. But but I do got some guys behind the scenes to help me with storylines and angles and that sort of thing or whatever, but you know, um, just because I can't think of it all, you know what I mean. You know, I mean, I'm the guy at eleven o'clock at night who's still, you know, cooking up hamburger for sloppy joes for concessions. You know what I mean, or printing off the programs at a, you know, at seven a.m. the next morning the day of our show. You know, um, you know, so it is what it is. I mean, like I said, I, I'm just, uh, you know, it's kind of cool. To
1: that a lot of things will change here, um, to the better because we've got a lot of things that uh, we want to do, um, and a lot more things that uh, we know we can do. We just it's just that time. well so, let me get let me let me ask you this: so, do you watch a lot of TV? T- do you watch a lot of wrestling on TV currently right now? No, sir. Okay, so you don't watch anything on television related to WWE, uh, AEW, Ring of Honor, TNA, none of it. Well, nope. that's going to be a rough one then, because I was going to ask your opinion of what is uh, WWE and AEW doing that's right and what they are doing that's wrong. But if you don't watch, then well, I
2: will well, I won't tell you this, and, and like I said, you know, I hear other people talking, and I got my own opinions, you know, and I don't religiously watch it, you know. What I mean, I, you know, if there's a certain match or a certain person that I know that I want to watch, I'll watch all that. Um, I personally think that. One thing that I think the WWE, and this is just me strictly talking or whatever it is, you know, I don't understand why WWE Next is so much different than the rest of the product. Those guys wrestle totally different styles. They have, you know, uh, it's more of like a super indie type show, I guess you could say. Um, you know, the few guys that I've watched that I like. Um, you know, so I'll, that's one thing I will definitely question with the WWE is why WWE Next, NXT or whatever, is so much different than the rest of the shows. Is it just is strictly because Vince still has his hands involved in the other aspects of it? Is it the fact of um, you know that Raw and or SmackDown style is more of a TV style, and NXT is more of a super indie style? You know what I mean? Um, I mean, what's your take on that? I mean, you watch, I mean, I'm assuming you watch it more than I watch it. <laughs> so,
1: so I mean, what's your take on that? The the, the wrestling is on television today. Now, don't get me wrong. I was excited to hear about another wrestling company to come along and possibly put some more stuff on television that's that's going to not only make us think of some old memories and, and relive the past a little bit, but to, to give us some great quality wrestling. And I, I myself, um, I've watched a lot of wrestling. I've, I've watched every bit that I can get my hands on and stuff that's on TV I come across, I'll watch. But for me, WWE, just just in general, Raw, SmackDown, the pay-per-views, for at least the last five years, haven't really been worth a shit. Um, I, I quit watching... You I was saying, do you think that's because of lack like, of competition? Well, competition is only used... In a form of, how do, you, how do I put this? So, competition is good for anybody and everybody, yes. But does one person or people absolutely have to have competition to make themselves that much better? Or can they just go up and say, why don't we just change this one thing and boom, there it is. So does competition really have to be there?
2: Honestly, this is just my opinion. That someone doing this for you know, over two decades, I think like, um, I think if you don't have some sort of competition, it don't challenge you. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, regardless if it's a rival or you know, um, I don't know. You know what I mean? You you're exactly right because you know I have I will say I've watched some of the AEW stuff. You know, because you know John Moxley's on there. Some people that you know that you know I, I've used on shows over the years, or you know have a personal connection to or whatever. And I got to be honest, man, from what I've seen of it and know about it or whatever, it's just, you know, it's WCW all over and those guys are making a shitload of money for, you know, not really doing a whole lot. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, the AEW thing to me, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's cool that those guys are making a living and they're getting paid, and, you know, there's another night of TV, and it's employing people and all of that. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, just, it's just a weird, weird beast, you know what I mean, all the way around. And Like I said, I don't watch it religiously. Um, you know, uh, I, I can sit here and tell you that I didn't watch one second of WrestleMania. Um, I, didn't, I couldn't even tell you what the matches were or anything like that. I can't remember the last time I watched the pay per view or anything like that. Like I said, if I, I might catch a match Well put it this way, I will sit here and tell you that if I catch a match, it ain't when it happened, it's probably something that someone's posted on YouTube or whatever and says, Hey, check out this match or whatever or so and so's in it and I'll, you know, click on it and watch it or whatever, but as far as, you know, watching wrestling the night of that it's on or, you know, whatever I probably just couldn't tell you the last time I actually sat down and watched an actual show from the beginning to the end. I tried to really try to do it about a year ago, um, a couple of years ago, actually about two years ago, where, you know, I uh, was trying to, you know, get, I guess you could say, trying to get more modernized with the, with the way the styles are and all that, and I just couldn't bear myself to do it, like, every single night or every single week, watch this wrestling anymore. I mean, I don't know if it's just because I don't want to duplicate something that's been done on there um i don't know you know what i mean i, I can't really sit there and say that i'm just not a huge fan of any of the modern wrestling to be totally honest with you i watch the new japan stuff i will tell you that but that's mainly because i like that style a little bit better than a wwe style, or AEW style right um but, you know that's just that's just a personal preference you know what i mean um i like the style better um you know but i don't know you know what i mean I don't know if competition is the right answer, like kind of like what you said. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going to give the WWE
1: that spark. Right? Do
2: you, do you think in the back? Do you think in the back of your mind it's just that they just think that there's so much ahead and tails above everybody else that they
1: can't be touched? I I feel that there's probably some of that still floating around in the top of McMahon's head. I'm sure it's probably floating around in one of them proverbial clouds hanging around in the office up there in Stanford. Um, but Sorry. but he's also. We've grown up over the years, we've watched how Vince McMahon was able to cope with what was going on in the world today into his product to still make those diehards or those occasional or sometimes newer fans catch along one way or another to something he's been putting out. So he's always been able to um, rejuvenate it just enough or or turn a dial just uh, a little to the right or a little to the left. Or whatever it was to make it go, Oh, okay. But when NXT came out, it changed the landscape. And I'm not trying to steal lines that they've thrown down our throats. It did. One because it gave you a new look into wrestling. Kinda like kinda like when the Monday Night Wars first when the Attitude era and the Monday Night Wars all first started, and you're like, Holy shit, what is happening here? Oh my god, this is awesome. NXT was that was that booster shot, I thought, for wrestling in general and wrestling in TV to come back into that light of an attitude era, Monday Night Wars style wanting of professional wrestling. The 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 passion of it had grown. You know they always tell you that you believe in Santa Claus, the more people believe in Santa Claus, the sleigh will fly, the less that don't believe in Santa Claus it'll always fall. It's the same thing with pro wrestling. Right. You got more people right. that love it and they have the passion for it. And they want to know about it. And they wanna they want to watch it and live it and breathe it and taste it. That's what puts it back on the map. And everyone's like, holy shit, what's going on over here now? When they said they were going to bring another wrestling in, I was like, well, you've got WWE and you've got two shows there. You've got NXT. You've got New Japan. We've got Ring of Honor still. Impact, TNA, uh, whatever they're called now and whatever they're going to be called in five more years from now is still hanging around. There's wrestling that was all different. The thing with the problem with it is, is it's all been regurgitated except for New Japan and NXT at the time. Now AEW's here. Yeah, we know the guys. They're from WWE. Yeah, we know the guys because they come from New Japan. We know some of the other guys. could come off the indie market that you and I have been working for years. The same with the NXT guys that you see on TV. The Chompas and the Garganos. Uh, you know, all those guys and girls we're watching on NXT now and are now jumping to the main roster and back and forth. We've worked with, stood side by side in the locker rooms today, and now we get to see it and say, man... They're making it, and that's awesome. I remember this time at October 23rd, 19, blah, 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 when so-and-so did this to so-and-so, and and it was right here. That's the kind of thing that wanted me to get back into wrestling. I'm not going to lie. I've watched a lot of the AEW product. I enjoyed some of the first part of it, and now some of it I see is a little like, ah, okay. But I told my wife when they first said this was going to happen, and then I found out who was all involved. And I looked at my wife and I said, Look, I said, and she hates me for this. I do this to her all the time. I'll watch a program and I'll look at it and I'll be like, and commercial break. I'm like, This is what's going to happen. It's going to lead to this. Three months down the line, you're going to see this. Six months down the line, it'll be over unless it's something major for a push over to the summer. And it, and it, and it would happen. And I told her with to AEW, I said, Look, here's what AEW is going to be. It's one, it's going to be a bright future or a bright light to. To make that side of the the, the 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 cable wars jump up, then it's going to bring excitement back to wrestling. So that's going to work. <clears throat> then you're going to have these names that will be coming in, and they're going to do this. But it really is one big unionizing, not not necessarily a union, but but uh, uh, organization to to bring in, which we already are seeing happen with New Japan, with TNA, possibly Ring of Honor. You know, and, and bring them all into what I've been trying to do over here for 10 years, bringing all the major ones that are close together and work one gigantic deal. And do I think competition's great? In some aspects of our lives, yes, competition, Thomas, is needed. In other aspects of life, competition is not needed. Because in the in the long run, you think about it, and, and I, I I think about it this way, when I wake up in the morning... It's me who makes my day. It's me who finishes my day. It's not that sponsor over there or that paying ticket or that rating on television or this person here. It was me. Is there times I like to be tried and pushed? You're darn right. That's when competition comes in.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I agree, you know, with that. Because I think that at the end of the day, you know, uh, you know to me... You know, we all want you know to make the most money. We all want you know, uh, you know, uh, you know. You had made a comment about Johnny It's Kind of a funny story is, is we used to do uh, we used to do shows at his dad's pizza place in Cleveland, Ohio, when he was uh, a young kid. And uh, I can remember sitting in the locker room, and you know. Uh, you know he's walking around or whatever. You know now all of a sudden just you know he's a WWE superstar. You know what I mean? You know so yeah. You know same 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 scenario as where you were talking about the memories and seeing guys you know live out their dreams and all that. The only thing I like about all of it is is you know I want these guys to you know make money and and you know you know a lot of these guys you know they got their their careers you know you know they could be here five years or twenty five years and I think when you know, we used to talk about the competition, I think the one big thing about how the wrestling is went uh you know, goes in cycles, you know, um, I don't think any wrestling in the last ten years that has legitimately built a superstar that is on the little, you know, is on the caliber of Stone Cold, The Rock, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, you know, all those guys. Like I watch, you know, and, and know some of the current guys or whatever, you know, I mean I don't, no offense, I don't put AJ Styles in the same league as Hulk Hogan. No.
0: You know what I
2: mean? You know, I don't put, you know, I don't put, you know, Sumo Joe in the same league as, you know, all these other guys. You know what I mean? Like, those are the guys that I hear people all the time about, AJ Styles and, you know, this person or that person or whatever, you know, and, and the modern wrestling. And I'm like, those guys can't hold a candle to any of these guys. And I think that's one thing, like, you know, people shit all over Goldberg and, you know, coming back and people like that. Well, no offense, but if there was another guy that could be built the way that they built these guys back in the day, like Undertaker, then they wouldn't have to keep bringing them back in, 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 year after year to show up to show up to show Exactly. You know? no, no offense. Things shouldn't be wrestling at 60 years old. You know what I mean? Like, they're bringing him back in on AEW or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, why? You know what I mean? Like, it's because they haven't built anybody. You know, Chris Jericho is their why? You know what I mean? He surrounded himself with another guy to give them the rub, you know, or brought in ex WWE guys. But like a couple of the guys that were in his faction or whatever, when I was watching it, um, like I don't know who the hell those guys are. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I always relate to this. I always relate to wrestling in general as my with my dad. My dad is just a wrestling fan. He doesn't know the inner workings of wrestling, this, that, and the other. And you know, he watches every all of it. He watches all of it. And when AEW first came out and he, he's like, man, I watched that for about a month. And he's like, the only people I knew was any of the, you know, Chris Jericho and, you know, this person and that person. He's like, I don't even know who these other guys are, you know? And that's kind of the way that I'm looking at it is, this, you know, I mean, do you, can you think of anybody in the last 10 years that's a, that's a legitimate superstar that's a casual ordinary fan would even know?
1: No. And here's, here's the reason behind that. the, the main companies that run, you know, I would I would say from the tip top Chicago all the way straight down to the Gulf. You just drive straight down through Illinois all the way to the Gulf. There's there's some big companies. There's some big names that have worked around those companies, but did did a Stone Cold Steve Austin, a rock, a Triple H or anybody come off of any one of us indie feds over this area? No. Did what? any did anybody did anybody come off with Enough name and and notoriety to make it to the places that they wanted to. Yeah, sure they did. And we've we've watched them for you know twenty plus years already. So that's why we knew them. And then when they get introduced to a whole another thing, people are like, "Who the hell are these people?" Do you think? Right. Do you think independent wrestling was oversaturated with all of who's on there now on WWE TV? Because the newer fans these days they don't know none of these guys or these girls. I mean, you can. <laughs> they only know what WWE's put in front of them. They don't know who Johnny Gargano was when Johnny Gargano was wrestling in Alton, Illinois against Kyle O'Reilly in the basement of a, a night's Knights hall. I do, right. because I was there. The right. Those fans don't. Those fans know The Undertaker and The and Rock and yep. uh, uh, The New Day, because you've shoved them down the throats for 15-plus years. You know, they know yep. that. Yep. Yep. Um. In my area, it, it, it's a highway of independent wrestling, okay? And that's why the names we see today are so known in my area from from uh, LaSalle and Peru, Illinois, to just on the bubble of St. Louis, to just over into O'Fallon, um, just barely over towards Black and Brave, and a little down towards Missouri with, with Harley. is because... All those people came from this area, and then traveled, of course, from the Californias and and stuff like that as well. But that's the thing. I felt independent wrestling in the area was oversaturated because of all these people, um, and they were just doing what what we were doing that they were doing twenty years ago.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have, we legit have we legit have like forty promotions in Ohio. Wow. We have like forty. We have like forty promotions in in Ohio. If you if you take if you take all you know the ones that do the student shows or whatever, and the ones that you know whatever, we legit in the state of Ohio have like forty promotions. And I would say out of those forty, the average crowd is probably seventy five or less. There may be um, there may be four or five promotions on a consistent basis that probably have two hundred fifty plus. You know, um, so yeah, you know, so I, I definitely understand the oversaturation, um, you know, and the, the thing about that is, is in our case, you know, um, you know, I don't really book anybody from Ohio. I use very, very few people from Ohio or whatever because they work for every other promotion in this, in this, in this area.
1: Exactly. You know what I mean? You're but, watching the same yeah, regurgitated shit.
2: Yeah. I don't really, you know, I mean, there's a few that I use, you know, um, you know, but for the most part, uh, back in the day, um, you know, uh, when we first started, we used a lot of guys from Detroit area. We used a lot of guys from Illinois. I mean, you know, uh, the Chicago area. I mean, I had – it kind of go like we talked about dozen cycles. You know, like when we first started, we had Danny Daniels and Ryan Bufaz and Hardcore Craig and Brandon. Uh, I his name just slipped my mind that quick. Um, you know, but we had guys like that. You know, that, that uh, Steve Stone and, and, you know, we had all those guys, whatever that was from the Chicago area. Um, you know, and then we had you know the guys up in Detroit. You know, um, so it was you know we didn't really use a whole lot of Ohio guys because they worked for everybody else, and it's kind of like that now. You know, we use a lot of uh, Illinois, um, Northern Illinois, whatever. You know, like Mojo McQueen and uh, Cody Jones and Paloma Starr and Shane Foster, and you know we use you know we don't really use. And the thing about it is is we built them up to where they're legitimate stars in our fans' eyes because you know not some mean, but I don't want to book the guy from Lima, Ohio, that they can see working at the local Walmart, and then on Saturday night, he's, you know, Johnny come lately, the professional wrestler. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's kind of my mentality of doing it. You know what I mean? I could give it to where, you know, they come into town, they do their thing, they, you know, they're, they're the superstar, they make their money, they go home. You know, they're not, you know, they're not working at the local, you know, Piggly Wiggly or whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, you're exactly right. You said about the over you know, of, of uh, you know, like you were saying, you know, you know, you get that core group of 10 or 15, 20 guys, whatever that work for you, every single promotion, you know, you know, every weekend, every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're wrestling, you know, they may be, you know, here uh, this Saturday, and then next Saturday, they're five miles down the road. Right. You know I mean, so it, it doesn't, it doesn't build these guys up as stars, you know, it doesn't build, it doesn't help. And I kind of think that's along the same lines as like, you know, the WWE product. You know, I mean, I, I can't, I can't honestly sit there and tell you if they've got any homegrown talent that I would consider a legitimate star. I can't think of any, or off the top of my head. Like I said, I don't watch it every single week religiously. You know what I mean? But from what I do know, or whatever, when I see people's names mentioned that people think are stars, they're the guys.
1: Exactly. That's that's kind of a that's kind of a two part deal because when when I first came in and I was refing, I I looked at the business at a whole different point of view. But I looked at it from a referee's eyes. So every time I was near or or watching or in the show or anything like that, it was me as a referee being ever being like, I could do that. I can make sure I change my way I do that. You know, critiquing my ref position. When I would move into the other parts of the company, I had to step away as a fan because I had to put a little more focus into the business to make sure that we were doing it the right first and then went to the fans and listened so that I knew what they liked, what they didn't like. So I could go back into the office the next day and be like, guys, they didn't like this Saturday. So let's not do this next, uh, next month. Let's change it. And we'll do this, you know, back and forth. When I was able to step away um i took a i took a brief hiatus uh i i i ceased uh all you know operations for my part of the ownership was like look i gotta i gotta leave i take away um i didn't i didn't do any shows for about six to eight months i didn't go to a show for six to eight months um i just had to step back and take a breath and that was around the time i was uh you know my, my family my family's growing you know i've got three kids one of them who's just one so i mean i'm still still having them babies um (laughs) <laughs> I, I had to just had to step back a bit and 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 rearrange my personal life so that i can figure out what to do and as i did that it took me as a fan to see what's been happening those six and eight months and listening to other fans be like man i really wish you were back there man because of this and because of that and oh man you should have seen it you know i got tired of listening to it but i took that and and i, I kept it all inside I was like Maybe maybe I, maybe it's time for me to you know walk back out through that curtain and and pick back right. up where we were at. Um, right. And that's when I went into the the studio and we started doing the TV show for fight and and getting back into that whole thing and, and, and like, I was deflated half the way on one side, but I had to reinflate it from the opposite direction. So I got to see what? it from a different couple point of views and aspects. So what? I've got to see it as a ref. I've got to see it as a business. I've got to see it as a fan. And now I do what I do because I I just love what we do. And what? What? I I had this ticker going, and it's still counting down. It's on my it's on my Billy Alexander page. It's a it's a live countdown ticker to December thirty first of this year. That was my original date to say. I've been here 10 years. I'm done. There's nothing else I need to do. I'm gonna walk away. You all have fun. I'll see you sometimes. Then COVID hit, and it kind of made you sit here and go, "What am I gonna do?" And then you get back into things, and then they're like, "So hey, is that counter still real? Are you really gonna retire?" And I'm like, "I I don't know what I'm gonna do yet." I was like, "I wanna. I, I really wanna do this, but I wanna do this, but I don't wanna do it anymore, and I'm done." And I've been able to look at it at all different point of views, every aspect I can think of, and unfortunately, it's it's just like my wife's going to kill me if she hears this. But it's like it's like that part in the Godfather when he says he got away, but they just keep pulling me back in.
0: Oh yeah, That's...
1: it's a drug. Yeah. It's it's wrestling's a drug. It's life. It's 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 a substance. It's a. Uh, um... They always used to tell you in school that don't do this drug, don't do this drug, don't do this drug. Look, I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm 41 years old. I did my time in sports. I did all my other stuff. I was going to make this travel when I was 18 years. 18 years old, I was going to make this travel. Unfortunately, I didn't do it because of family circumstances with my grandmother. And I jumped full foot into this shit. At the age, uh, let's see, in uh, 2013, so 30, what, 33 years of age, I jumped into pro wrestling and was like, here I am. Let's make the best of it. And, and by God, 10 years later, we've made the best of it. I don't know if I can get away, even if it's just the smallest teeny-weeny little spot. Right. It's, what? It's for,
2: hey, here's what I tell everybody, man. It's, it's an addiction, it's a drug, and it's for life. Because I can relate to that because, I had some health issues quite a few years ago, and I took some time off or whatever, and we did an angle where I, you know, walked away, sold the company, blah, 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 blah. And another uh, guy took it over was trying to run in lima or whatever. And, uh, you know, within a, uh, four or five shows, he got those to reality, and, you know, they ended up dragging me back. And, you know, it's mainly because, you know, I had the knowledge and the know-how and all that. And uh, every single time I kind of agree it, every single time I'm thinking, you know, Man, you know, I'm walking away, you know, because you know, next year it'll be 25 years for me being involved in wrestling, and then, uh, you know, in two years it'll be 20 years as an owner, promoter, and a booker, you know. So it's kind of like, is that the timeline? And then for every single time I think that, you know, I get sparked by this or I get sparked by that, you know, um, you know, so I, I totally get it. I totally understand. You know, the the only the only fortunate thing I think that in my aspect that I have. Um, that's a little bit different than, say, you is, is I don't have kids. Uh, Me and my wife, uh, we don't have no kids. And, uh, you know, we we decided not to have kids many, 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 many years ago. And it was just a personal choice. And now here it is, you know, I'm 48 years old. And, you know, I don't really want any kids at 48 years old. You know, so we're very fortunate in that aspect of whatever, you know, where, you know, we don't have to juggle that. Um, aspect of it you know i know a lot of guys uh, you know they struggle with you know juggling the family life and and uh, the work life and the professional life and all that other sort of thing (coughs) excuse me so i mean i get it i mean i understand you know but you know that's the big thing big thing is, is is every time i think i'm gonna walk away or you know i get disgruntled about something it's like boom something else comes along and sparks that interest you know like You know, uh, we just got hit up with this week or whatever where we're going to do another fundraiser for a little boy um, that has, uh, he's three years old, he has leukemia. He just got diagnosed with leukemia. And we got hit up up with that, you know, and it's kind of like there's that spark that I needed, you know. I mean, after a year of not having wrestling and COVID and all this other stuff, it's like, boom, you know, I'm needed again. I'm wanted again. Pro wrestling in Lime, Ohio area is needed because this little boy needs our help and his family needs as much money raised as, and you know, we could possibly raise, and guess what? You know that's going to happen b- because of pro wrestling. You know what I mean? And so that's that sport. So I, you know that's the hard thing is. Is I agree. It's, it's you know I sit there and you know, always use the timeline, like you said. You know, ten years. You know, my timeline was basically I'll be fifty. Well, I theoretically got two years on that. Well, when fifty rolls around, am I going to find something else that sparks me to where I'm like, well, maybe fifty-five. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. You know what I mean? Like none none of us know what that time is to walk away. You know what I mean? Um, You know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you said, you got 10 years of, you know, what's your timeline? Now you're kind of rethinking it and reevaluating
1: it. (laughs) Right. And And the only other, there's only, there's only one other thing I can do from here. So like, if I leave, if I decide to go ahead and say, I've had fun, I've had my time, I've helped. um, I, I was able to give what I, what I was able to give and it, and it helped these people. And it was time for me to walk away. The only other thing I have left is now i got to go on a bar and a grill so that I can just kick back and relax.
2: <laughs> right. You know, it's funny you say that because I tell everybody that all the time. I'm like, I, I, I consider myself a pretty good cook and I consider myself a, a foodie. You know, we, me and my wife travel all over and, you know, we hit the mom-and-pop places and we don't need that change and stuff when we go on vacation and that sort of thing. And, and I tell everybody all the time, I'm like, in my next life, I'm probably gonna own my own, you know, food truck or you know, my own restaurant or whatever, you know. And so I, I get that aspect, and it. it's funny that you say that because I kind of think of the same thing. I'm thinking, you know, do I really want to tackle something like that? Let's say, you know, when I'm 50, I'll walk away from wrestling. Okay, so then now, do I want to tackle, uh, you know, uh, a food catering company or a food truck or a restaurant or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know too many people that really would want to tackle that either, but. For whatever reason, man, I I, I, gotta be honest with you, I like the rush of it, I like the stress of it, you know, that's one of the reasons why I still do wrestling, for whatever reason, call me crazy, but I like the rush of it, I like the the, the stress of it, and I like to be able to, you know, I tell people I like to be able to turn that, you know, UAW Hall into, you know, the war arena, you know what I mean, and those fans come and have a great time, and they have a, you know, uh, a show of all shows, and it's building memories of families and all that. That's what drives me now, you know what I mean? So if I could find, possibly find that same addiction, a drug, a adrenaline rush, you know, whatever, in another aspect of my life, I probably would, would be okay with it. But until that time, <laughs> I'm still here, you know what I mean? So it's, it's uh, I mean, I, I, it's funny hearing you say that because I can relate to that so much. You know what I mean? Of the timeline, you know, like you said, you know, you own a bar and grill. You know what I mean? Like I'm the same way. I'm like, if I walk away, would I own a restaurant?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, get it. Who knows? Who knows what'll happen? Well, um, he's he. My guy came to me and he said, asked me about it. I said, I don't know, man. We'll we'll figure that out. We'll talk about it when it comes that time. Right now, let's just enjoy. What we got going on, and what we're doing for the fans now, and let's just give them something bigger and better for this year as well. Um, yep. And that's what we're trying to do, Thomas. Um, we're gonna. Some of the boys and are gonna have to come over and watch a show sometime. Um, we we would love to get back out, and I wanna I wanna come over sometime. Maybe one of these days we can find out when uh, you got a you got a show coming up, and we're all available. We can yep. all come sit in the crowd and watch what war wrestling yep. can provide um, for the fans in the wrestling world out there. And for the people who've never been there or uh, anything in that matter, that's that's always something I like to do is go to other places and and see how they do and and and, and be that fan. And now that I'm able to do that, I'm able to see some other things out there. And we're going to have to set that up sometime where uh, we're all free yeah. and i give you a call and be like, hey, we're heading over uh to see the yeah. show tonight and um you know go from there yeah, you
2: guys gotta I mean, here's the thing. you guys gotta open an invite man and what i'll do is, is i uh, almost, almost all of our shows are set in stone for the year um so what i'll do is, is i'll uh i'll send you my schedule or whatever for basically here all the way out until december and beyond or whatever um you know then you know hopefully you guys can make it out to a show and you know see what we do and what we're all about and kind of put a a name to the face, uh, you know, face to the name type and, you know, what wrestling and respect is, is about and what we stand for. And, you know, that, I think that's the biggest thing is, is you know, it's kind of, I tell people all the time, you know, pro wrestling is universal. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, the, the same things that you're experiencing and going through in Illinois is the same thing that we're experiencing and going through here in Ohio. You know, and uh, it's it's it's, uh, it's a refreshing in one aspect and in other aspects, you know, it's to realize that, you know, uh, no matter how big our role is or how small our role is in this business, we're all making a difference to somebody somewhere. And uh, that's the big thing with me, you know. And, you know, like I said, I appreciate you, uh, you know, taking a couple hours out of your busy schedule to uh, do a podcast. And uh, like you said, you know, uh, you know, you didn't know if it was going to be 30 minutes or 35 minutes or an hour, um, you know. So, like I said, I appreciate you reaching out to me and me offering uh you know, my, uh, input and my, uh, opinions and thoughts on everything or whatever. And like I said, you guys definitely got an open invite anytime you guys want to come over this way to come to a, one of our shows.
1: All right. Well, Thomas, uh, again, thank you so much for, uh, you know, taking time out of your busy schedule and everything else. Throw out, throw out some, uh, some plugs there so they can catch out where you guys are at. I'm going to have you send them to me in message as well so I can link them to the yeah. bio of each of these, um, each of these links that I'll push out for the show tonight. So there you, yep. the fans will be able to click on and be able to go and see what they uh, what you're talking about. Throw out some uh, throw out some war wrestling creds there.
2: Well, you know we're on Facebook, whatever, at, at War Ohio. Um, just type in War Ohio, and our uh, logo will come off. That's our business page. Um, I can be actually reached at War Wrestling or whatever. Just my real name is Thomas Williams. Or whatever I have the War Wrestling logo, you can reach out to me uh, for that. Um, you know, we have the Twitter account, War Wrestling, um, you know, we have that. Um, you know, our next big show is May 29th in Lima, Ohio, at Pilot Sports Center. Um, it's our big, uh, year-end, uh, anniversary show, or whatever, as it's our 18th anniversary and our ninth Hall of Fame. Um, you know, we're inducting four guys into our Hall of Fame. Actually, Cody Hawk is actually being inducted to our Hall of Fame that night. Nice. And, uh... Yeah, you know, we kind of do it up, man. We do the whole suits and ties and all that stuff. All the boys get dressed up and look pretty, you know. And we set in, you know, set around ringside and let everybody, you know, induct everybody or whatever that night. It's kind of a cool experience, you know. We tell stories and, you know, we kind of put uh, tell the guys uh, tell stories that you know kind of mix, let the fans know about them on a personal level and not just on a professional level. Um, so it's kind of cool. It's a cool experience, you know, all the way around, but. You know that's mainly where you can see me. You know, uh, WarWrestling.com, whatever. But that just has like our show dates or whatever. It ain't really got a whole lot of info on it just yet because we're getting ready to redo the um, the, in- the information page and all that. But yeah, other than that, man. I mean, anything you know, War Wrestling, War Ohio uh, related. I mean, if you got any questions or concerns or want to reach out and. Any from whatever, just simply message us and I'll definitely, uh, you know, answer any questions or concerns, or if you want to know anything further about us, I'll
1: definitely answer it. All right. Well, there it is, folks. That is all the creds right there. They will be linked in the bio. Don't worry for all you lazy fucks that didn't write nothing down. It'll be there so that you have <laughs> it. Um, so you guys can check them out. For the aspiring wrestler, for for, for that kid, that that. That 13, 14, 15-year-old kid that walks up to you tomorrow and says, Hey, Thomas, I want to get into the professional wrestling business. Can you help me? What do you tell that new generation that wants into this into this business that you've been dealing with for over 20-plus years? You know the goods, the bads, the uglies about it. What do you tell that kid?
2: Go so to college get. Is-
1: That's a good answer. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas Williams, War Wrestling, right there. Uh, Out of Ohio, look it up. They got some good shit. They got some good stuff. Uh, Thomas, thanks again. You enjoy your rest of your evening. Good luck on the upcoming shows. We'll be talking soon. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for Behind the Mic, right here with Billy Alexander. Catch us out there on all the major sound platforms so that your ears will bleed when you listen to me talk. Because not only is this an annoying face, it is a very sexy, sexy, sexy voice. Right here on Behind the Mic with Billy Alexander.